Welcome to Killer Kush, a podcast where we smoke Hi gay <laughs> and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Lick Namak, my pronouns are he him. My co-host's name is Lady Cucknerberg, and their pronouns are they she. Welcome to episode 27, y'all. It's Buddha Field this week, which is one of my favorite cults. I'm really looking forward to jumping into it. We started recording on my computer this week, and funny story, hashtag audio issues, it broke. And now we are recording on Nico's computer. So Katie is no longer with me, and we lost the audio for our intro for for this week. So wish us luck in continuing our journey in podcasting with broken computers. But we're just going to jump straight into the story this week. Go ahead. If you listen to the session, listen to the session now, and then jump back on the podcast. Have a good week, y'all. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Hi, gay. (laughs) So we just had the funniest thing happen funniest <laughs> it was shy and funny uh no but nick's computer ran out of storage and died and then we tried well then we contacted tommy and made him walk 10 minutes to come here in the freezing cold to drop off the computer and then it did not work and either we really tried for a really long time <laughs> we googled Katie it googled mike not recording but spelled mike m-i-k-e <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike, seriously, was just not recording. He refused. Um. So yes, now we are using Nico's computer, which turns out could have just used it in the first place. Yeah. So Tommy does not listen to this podcast, so Thank he is God. saved from ever having to know this because he was so grumpy. Thank he God. we Facetimed him, and he was so grumpy to be torn away from his. Oh, and friend. then he immediately walked in, and Elio's been doing this thing where he pees on people when they come in the apartment, but like out of excitement and submission. And he peed on Tommy's foot. Direct, yeah. Nick had to get him new socks. So he was here for a total of five minutes after walking in the freezing cold, after we ripped him away from the warmth. <laughs> um, oh, and he got peed on. Gave him a fresh on. pair of socks yeah. and said, get on your him way. on the ass and said, get on your way, kid. Yeah, we did. Rain did offer him food. But then he said, I'm, I'm going to scurry on back. I just got peed on. I was overstimulated. His fucking computer wasn't even needed. Yeah. He didn't even know that at that point, but... So, well, is it time to dive in? Did let's we... get into it. Yeah, uh, this week is Buddhafield. Katie, how much do you know about Buddhafield? Um, is that about like the sexy man? Yeah, he is kind of sexy. So that's all I know about it. Okay, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. we'll see. I'm I very have excited. Thirteen pages of notes. So. I'm very excited. I love cults. <laughs> I, I, I love, love cults. <laughs> I would join a cult to do a gorilla documentary if I could. That's basically what this guy did. In oh, really? This. Yeah. He oh. was like a filmmaker that ended up joining a cult because his sister did. And he just documented and made films of the cult the whole time. Damn. Was he like a participant in the cult during that time? Willingly, yes. Oh, wow. Interesting. So let's let's dig into it. Hi, gay. <laughs> Most of this information comes from the documentary Holy Hell, which was made by Will Allen, a previous member of the cult who escaped. And also a large chunk of it is from Sinisterhood Podcast. Shout out to Sinisterhood. They're so funny and so good. Um, Other sources that I used were Wikipedia, the Austin Monthly. Besides for those four main resources, it wasn't really easy to find this anywhere else that 
gave me new information. That's so... Oh, they gave you new information. Yeah, everything yeah. was just recycled after that. Yeah. I feel like... Is this a more popular one? Not really. Interesting. Maybe it's just your favorite, so I'm familiar with the title. Yeah, more. I do love yeah. this cult. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Because I've heard about it, but I, I haven't heard about it. Yeah. If, if that, this yeah. if this makes y'all interested in it, I would really recommend Holy Hell. It's on Amazon. Mm, yes. So check it out. Holy Hell is really good. And Jeff Will Bezos. Allen is a genius. Yeah. Anyway, let's break into it. It's 1985. 22-year-old Will Allen has just graduated from film school. Mood. <laughs> After graduating, he returned home to Southern California. After coming out to his family, his mom rejected him and kicked him out. Also mood. After being kicked out and with nowhere to go, he joined his sister at a spiritual community that was exclusive. So his sister's name was Amy before she changed her name as part of the cult. Okay. And he was like, hey, girly, I need somewhere to go. Yeah, our parents kicked me out. And she was like, there's this place that is going to change you. And oh, when he was in the perfect vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. That is so. I really believe cults prey on. They prey on people who are in their weakest moments, truly, and seeking community. Interesting. Okay, cool. Remember when we lived on the street from the Church of Scientology? Yes, I do remember that. We should have gone in. Did you ever go in? Mm-mm. We should still go in. Is it open? Yeah. Let's just go in. Like That's once. so scary. Isn't there that thing where like um, Jada Smith is the only person who's gone through Scientology all the way and she signed an NDA because she's just like been a part of a bunch of different religions and so she's like... No, I didn't know yeah. that. And she... Yeah. There, she's one of the only people who they let like escape and have like a real life because she was like, I just am interested in learning about this religion. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if that's 100% true. My friend Manuela told me. So we're going to hope that it's true. Anyways, but... I believe. I believe it. (laughs) Powerful. Powerful. So this community was from West Hollywood and was called Buddha Field. West Hollywood gays. Hi, gay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just can't. Can't talk about WeHo without And during the 80s. And during the 80s. Oh. The leader of Budafield was called Michel, but to those who knew him from his life before Budafield, it was Jaime Gomez. So, I already won name change from Michel. Okay. Which also, it's spelled like Michelle, but it's pronounced Mi- <laughs> Michelle. Yeah. I love that. Born in 1950 in Venezuela. Whoa, my... Venezuela. <laughs> Venezuela. He wanted to become an actor, so he moved to America. He wanted to live the dream in Hollywood, so he changed his name from Jaime to Michelle to start a new life. He thought he got his big break when he was in Rosemary's Baby as an extra. When that didn't happen, he started doing gay porn. Go off for being in Rosemary's Baby, though. Congrats, yeah. Michelle. You know the scene at the very end where like they all turned around? Uh, all no. The, everybody from the dinner party turns around? No. <laughs> okay, well, he's like the handsome <laughs> one in that scene. I want to watch it. We should we should Google it after this. I, I bet yeah, there's a YouTube on clip. Something. Yeah. yeah, it'll be out there. It, they show it in the documentary. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch this documentary. You should. So yeah, and then he started doing gay porn, which is funny because it was like rumored that he started doing it, and then in the documentary, everybody's like, "So he was doing gay porn." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that happens to so many people, though. Mm-hmm. It does. They move to Hollywood and they're like bright lights, big city, and then they do porn. Did you know that not... Lorena Bobbitt, her. Who's that? The. She cut off her husband's penis. I'm, I'm not familiar. Oh, I'll tell the story someday. But he did porn. Oh. After, and after it got reattached. 
After it got reattached, he still did porn. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell you God. the story someday. I, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, I cannot believe. I've okay, never I'll heard of this ever. Soon. Okay. Well. Let's get back into it. Cracking in. Michel also performed in the Oakland Ballet. He studied yoga and became a certified hypnotherapist. He would teach yoga, wellness, and meditation classes weekly. This is where he started to get a following of young, attractive, aspiring performers in the area. That, yep, cult leader trying to be like this. Uh, yogis having that natural energy. If mm-hmm. you're also like a hot, sexy human and you're like radiating good vibes, that is the most like attractive and it makes you feel good to be around those people. Yeah, that's like the, the it's intoxicating perfect almost. cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's intoxicating. It is intoxicating. This is when Amy Allen, Will's sister, met Michelle and started to intensely follow him. When Will fell on times of need, the community accepted him with open arms. Will stayed in the cult for the next 22 years. Oh, shit. When so- he first arrived, they made special gatherings to accept Will into the group. He said he felt high even when he didn't do any drugs. The energy was intoxicating. Damn, bro. So he was 44 when he left? That's his entire life, basically. That's half your life. Isn't that crazy? Oh my god, yeah. And I guess, like, that community is nice. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. To have throughout throughout those years. Yeah. Because they were, like, a tight-knit community. And especially if you're really vulnerable once again, and then you don't have family and your sister's Mm -hmm. in the cult, too. It's like, well, this is my family now. All of these people are my besties and family. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. During these 22 years, he used his knowledge of film to document the happenings in the cult and its talented members. This documentary would later become Holy Hell. Each member would be infatuated with Budafield, saying they felt euphoric around each of these beautiful people as they would often take excursions to remote areas to run around in forests, jumping into rivers, living a... Wild and free life. Doesn't it sound like the dream? It does sound like a commune. It, it yeah. also sounds like Search Party Season 5, which, once really? again, this is my advertisement <laughs> for you to watch fucking Search, Search Party. Search Party sponsor us. Yeah. Well, this character is very similar to how she starts this season. That's all mm. I have to, yeah. Interesting. It uh, yeah, might have I'm, been a writing inspiration, honestly. Maybe. Like, thinking of how similar, especially, like, the... There's something really attractive to our generation about, like, communes and living in a community where you're safe and your beliefs are upheld and you can sort of, like, live on your own resources. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they made that a part of it, but that feels like what this is, too. Like, the foundation of the cult is, like, this attractive thing of, like, an escape from a society that is really oppressive. Yeah. Especially being gay in 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, interesting. Yeah, I agree with everything. That was very smart connection. Wow. I feel... Just sorry, cults, I'm just man. in awe of cults. your I just, intelligence. Do you want to, like, kiss me? Face. I just feel like I'm you're really sorry. giving this energy. I just wow. You. Oh, my I God, you I missed so you. Uh, Michelle would often ask members what they would like to surrender and what attachments they were willing to give up. After members became devoted, they would give up family, friends, money, and leave their entire life behind for Michelle and the purpose of Budafield. He made people feel seen and accepted, holding space for each member and making them each feel special. Yeah. <laughs> he was charming and youthful, so he felt like a lover, a friend, and most importantly, he was hot. Yes. Everyone in the cult was hot. Everyone. It's crazy. They were all so attractive. Watching the documentary, you're like, 
oh my god, why so are they all sexy? So it's a cult of hot people, and he's just, he's, okay, he's making them give up everything, very Scientology, very cult, right? But also yeah. he's like, we can hold this. Like, what's, what do you need to give up? What mm-hmm. do you need to be happy? Like, we're all just hot here. We're all just, like, having we're sex. All sexy we're here. all just, we're, we're all just living place. here. We're all sexy. Yeah, like, just share it with all your hot besties. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I put the first rule of the cult is that you had to be pretty in shape and then a talented person. I want to be in this cult. I know. <laughs> I'm Me accepting too. applications. I think I could have been. Yeah, no. That's my thing is that I would have wanted to be in Buddha Field, dare I say. Really? Well, yeah, I don't know what happens yet. plays and stuff. So it was just like a... Well, okay. Okay. I, I want to know how it becomes like less of a community and more of a cult. Yeah. That's... Okay. When the bad things happen. Yeah, before I say that, I would want to be a part yeah. of it. <laughs> So members' backgrounds vary widely from growing up on the streets of Chicago to being in a hippie family to a strict Catholic upbringing. Each member found common threads with each other, which was to discover a meaning in life and develop a deeper spiritual connection to the other people and to themselves. So everybody was like, we're all different, but... We're all the same if yeah. you think about it. We're all so hot. Like, yeah, she's we're Catholic. All hot, but I'm, and I grew up on the streets of Chicago, but. <laughs> but we're so fucking hot. We have hot. one thing in common. We're, we're fucking, fucking hot. hot. <laughs> what can we learn about each other? Please. <laughs> yeah. Basically that. Michelle, also known as the teacher. Sensei. would teach his weekly classes in spirituality where he would ask rhetorical questions spoke in an accent and would often be funny and witty spoke in an accent yeah he has like a slight accent cute it's funny oh (laughs) he would also teach more athletic classes to keep everyone in shape as this was important to him michelle would often be, be seen shirtless or in a skimpy speedo the word skimpy speedo Skimpy Speedo. He was often seen naked and made them exercise. Literally. <laughs> uh. Michel was led to a spiritual awakening by a master and wanted to help his disciples achieve the same experience. He described Buddha Field as an anti-cult or non-group. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it's a non-group. It's a really big anti-cult. He's like, we are um, not a cult. We are an anti-cult. Here we are loving to each other. This is a community where we're all uplifted, where nobody's oppressing anybody. We're all equals here. What, but we're a non-group. But people call him the teacher. That's, yeah. And then he also made them exercise. I don't like, know. Bitch. That's like, so he was obviously telling them to do things. Yeah. So there's a clear power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Was this picking up a lot of popularity during this time? Yeah, it just keeps growing and growing. And it's really clear to see it in the documentary because it starts with a smaller group and then it just grows and you see like masses of people. How, do you know how many? I don't remember how many. Would you say like 100 or less than? Probably more. Oh my God. Mm. Crazy. Hi, gay. (laughs) Members became so involved in Buddha Field that they left their lives behind. When around 100 people joined, they would spend all of their time with each other, where they had a focus on clean eating and clean living. Physical and mental fitness was emphasized. This does sound like a pretty good cult. Yeah, they it's, were like, we're yeah. all vegan here. You we know, are focusing all... on mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to connect with each other authentically. Which is like, damn. Yeah. Well, and of course, think about our lives now. Wouldn't you leave if you could be a part of something like that? Right? That, yeah. Yeah. That's, (laughs) if they started a cult, if someone started a cult, please reach out to us. If it's similar to this, I'm begging. Well, this is still. 
It's still happening? In addition to weekly meetings, the cult would go on retreats where Michel would perform rituals on people where he would place his hand on their head and they would be so overwhelmed with energy that they would pass out. Ew. members would say it felt like they were on a hallucinogenic drug because they would see auras afterward there's so many videos like that of like christian churches and things too or i don't know Mm -hmm. evangelical churches i don't know what like branch it is but those videos are so scary to me where people are like if you're touched by god and they fall and like cry that's yeah Mm, that's so scary yeah and it's like literally those videos happening i want it and in the documentary forest like Happening as like a forest retreat. Damn. So the only way to reach enlightenment was to be invited to go on the knowing retreat. This happened originally in 1989. Michel told the members that if they asked, he would show them the experience of God. Michel would only choose a few disciples to have this experience. It would be the members who were willing to give up everything in order to fully give themselves to Buddhafield. This feels very search party to the point where I do think that there was some inspiration from Buddha Fields <laughs> taken. That. It's very interesting. Yeah, let's cool. clock it. Yeah. <laughs> when people would return from the knowing, they would return screaming and crying and falling limp. A member said it felt like she was on a three-day acid trip. Jeez. What? So, first thing is that, sorry, I just put a pause for inquiry on in my notes because I was like, <laughs> there are things that I need to discuss. Yeah. First of all, he's a hypnotherapist. Like, he's a certified hypnotherapist. Oh, so he's hypnotizing them. So he's doing them. these lessons, he's doing these retreats, he's doing these things so he can get in these people's mind and hypnotize them. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Easy. Well, I was Makes thinking sense. about, like, um, how you the body, physical, mind are connected. I was like, is this, like, some sort of, like, placebo effect? Is mm-hmm. this, like, them thinking that it's affecting them? But if he literally was hypnotizing them, then of course they would feel like this. And then the aura thing that they would see is he would, like, when he was doing his hand thing, he would push on their eyes. And you know when you push on your eyes and then, like... Yeah, there's colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally what he was doing. That is so so manipulative. just his knowledge of the body he was using against these people that were already in a vulnerable state and were expecting to see something that was, like ethereal and yeah and he'd only select a few people right uh-huh. so he's like oh yeah. that is so weird yeah um and then i also just wanted to point out about how like the other people in the cult must have felt after not getting the knowing experience yeah because like, that's playing a, that's chosen. a power dynamic mm-hmm. that was it the original members or were there like a mix of newer members it was too? the people who were willing to let go of everything Okay, so the people who are willing to 100% dedicate their entire yeah. lives to him. Yeah. Okay, so not to that him, is... to Buddhafield. Come on. What, yeah. What are you talking yeah. About? Oh, it's but to it's not. It's not, not about Michelle. Him. No, <laughs> not, Michelle is not just... about Michelle. Yeah, it is. Do not. <laughs> Hello, my name Hello. is Michelle. <laughs> He's not about Michelle. <laughs> uh, uh, I want there to yeah. be a parody about this <laughs> documentary parody. Other members cried at the retreat as well because they weren't ready or didn't deserve it. Some people who had been dedicated for years didn't receive it, while some new members were given the experience. Mm, Yep. This divided the cult. Yeah, of course. Of course it would divide the cult. So this is when it becomes culty and people start to hurt the people involved. Um, Michel used sex as a means of control. He told members that sex was not necessary and that the cl- it clouded the mind and that they shouldn't have relationships with other cult members. 
uh, this is not a fun cult anymore. Yeah, he's like, no sex for nobody. Yeah, you can look pretty, but do not touch each other. Yeah, many members secretly still engaged in sex, leaving some members to joke about it being called... Booty field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> booty field? <laughs> so Michelle was like, nobody have sex. And everybody was like, fucking. You're everybody like, was fucking. Like, everybody was fucking. That is so funny. Did Michelle yeah. know? Well, no. Because I just they called kept... her Michelle. I'm sorry. Did I'm Michelle sorry, know? Michelle. <laughs> Did Michelle know? <laughs> Michelle's like, stop fucking. Like, Come on, please stop. Oh, he didn't. So Michelle also did not follow his own rule on sex. I read that ahead of you, and yeah. I was about to comment on it, and I cut myself off. My yeah, apologies. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh my god! But of course he didn't follow his own fucking rule. He probably just wanted to like only have sex with them. Like he wanted to be mm-hmm. the only person. Well, there's he had sex reasons with. why. So instead, he used his power to psychologically and sexually abuse members of the cult, including Lil Allen. Uh uh. No, of course, though, of course. Each member had to attend cleansing sessions weekly. The session was $50, and Michelle would use his hypnotism experience to make them regress to traumatic moments in each member's life. He would then use these moments to manipulate the members. Oh my god. That is. That. And did they know that that was happening? Were they aware of it? Or did they well, just. Well, they're like hypnotized. So he would like do a hypnotic regression on them, yeah. and then he would alter their memories. That's terrifying. That's awful. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so he would make the men of the cult have false memories and implant thoughts of homosexuality. Okay. So that he's manipulating all of these people. Yeah. And it probably felt good if they manipulated like the memories in a way where it wasn't traumatic to them anymore. He was mm-hmm. like, I'm taking away your trauma. Like mm-hmm. I'm teaching you life. Like this is only, you can only yeah. get this from me. Until but that's so manipulative. Trigger warning for like sexual assault, major sexual assault. So he would do that. And then after a while, he would also have them strip naked so that they would be unattached from their body. And then after that, he would start having sex with them. So he would go as far to take one member's virginity. While they were hypnotized? Yeah. Oh my God. He would sexually assault them. And they didn't remember the hypnosis? No, they remembered it. They well, they don't remember like things of the hypnosis, but like the sexual assault they remember. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. He would tell each member that this relationship was special and he was the only one, or he was only working with them in this way, not to tell the rest of the members about what was happening. So. Did they talk to each other about it though? At all? Not at first because they were afraid to. Yeah. Like in any sexual abuse situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's that fear. That's. So he was having sex with. And. All of the hundred people, basically, were doing Only this the with... men. And it was Only... like a select group of the men, but it was like a large population of the men. Oh, God. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. So Michelle was extremely scared of contracting AIDS, but he wouldn't allow anyone to get tested and refused to get tested himself. So that's why there's a no sex rule, so he could be the only person to rape these So people. that no one would contract AIDS and then he wouldn't get it and then he could... Okay. All right. Yeah. You go, Michelle. A fucking yep. asshole. <laughs> Meanwhile, the female's members were constantly attacked for their physical appearances. He called breasts udders and would constantly make women go on diets. I'm sorry, calling the breasts udders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too, though. Sometimes I'm like, hey, look at these. Flap them around, they look like udders. Spinning them in a circle. Um, but yeah, not cool, Michelle. Michelle. I'm Michelle right now. He's acting out. <laughs> He's acting out, Michelle. <sighs> 
Uh, one member had a liquids only diet for forty days. Oh my! That's and if so they weren't skinny up. enough, they were called whales and other derogatory terms. Yeah. So it started out as like being like a cool maybe community where they all encouraged each other, and then Michelle just starts was going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Members were also forced to choose a new name, detach from their families, and break bonds between their families. One member wasn't able to see her dying father before he passed because of this. Imagine getting out of this cult and then having that regret for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That'd be terrible. It's sad. Yeah. Michelle would give members roles so they would do throughout the day. From massages to gardening to fruit cutter. <laughs> There's this one guy who's literally a fruit cutter. <laughs> um, the person cutting fruit would spend six hours cutting into fruit to make elaborate designs for Michelle, only for Michelle to blend it into a smoothie. Like, literally, <laughs> in the documentary, you can see uh, he makes Michelle a fruit platter that is the first supper. You're kidding. Yeah, and he was, like, his roommate was one of the assistants for Michelle, and one day he walked in, and his roommate was, like, putting it into a blender. That's so sad. Yeah, and this guy was like, I would go out each morning, and I would pick the fruit by hand, and I would, like, specially carve him these beautiful... And then he would just make it into a smoothie. That's so awful. For, that's a special kind of hell. Yeah. Imagine, like, <laughs> but that's they so stayed. Terrible. They stayed. Yeah, so in an interview, Will said, Oh, <clears throat> we didn't think of it as giving our power. We thought of it as empowering. Yeah. Which is just interesting. Yeah. Is that sometimes being in it, you don't see all of these things. Yeah. And when it starts in a place that's sort of empowering, mm-hmm. it might have been like addicting that empowerment. And then you're like, no, but it's okay. In the yeah. Same way and there's that, like, also an a community of a hundred people where like one person, the leader is now being a dick, but you still have that community of a hundred people around you that are uplifting you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a, a job environment almost mm-hmm. then. Oh. Maybe. Back to capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then they regressed because a perfect society can't exist that when there's selfishness. Hi, gay. <laughs> in 1991, word got out about the cult due to a sour ending of a relationship within the cult. Due to the negative attention, Michelle and three members packed their bags and moved, leaving the rest behind in L.A. Members were left weeping and lost with no direction. Oh, damn. So he just left everyone after manipulating them and assaulting them, and yeah. he moved. Because a cult member was dating somebody outside the cult. Oh, And they really? broke up, yeah. And oh. then the guy was like, that's a fucking cult, blah, oh. blah, like. And he, yeah, got, like, attention for it. Yeah. That makes sense. It was bound ran. to happen. Of course, you're making everyone cut off their contact with the outside world. Literally. Literally. Yeah. So, Michelle became obsessed with being Christ, also with the idea of dying like Christ. They reinstated their cult in Austin, Texas. Michelle then changed his name to Andreas. Mm. As he rebuilt, old members were invited back and new members would join. The new tactic used yoga and ballet classes to build larger groups for Buddha Field. Public? Yeah. Yoga and ballet classes yeah. so that they could recruit people mm-hmm. the same way the... he did it in the beginning. You're kidding me. Where he taught like fitness and wellness classes and yeah. meditation classes. Now and he's he just doing accidentally yoga started it maybe then, but this is like a purposeful, like, mm-hmm. oh god, he's recruiting. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, so in 1993, the Waco massacre took place, which scared Andreas. So he encouraged members to hide and keep their gathering a secret. He also trained them on what to do in case an invasion of by the FBI. We have to do Waco sometime too, because I was I. That's so crazy that they happen at the same time. Yeah, 
Like, and they live close by. Waco is just north of where he was. Yeah. And wasn't Waco, like, actually a more peaceful cult? I don't know a ton about it, but... I don't know a ton about it either. It's just one of those things that I think everybody expects to know about. And I know it was the one that, like, David Koresh... Mm, I think shrug is the emoji. leader. Oh, yeah, I don't know him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But anyways, yeah, that's interesting that there's another cult literally just down the street and they're literally. like oh, shit to and they do. Get by the fbi and it's like a bloodbath like, yeah it was literally a massacre jesus with paranoia around the cult growing andreas became more constricting members were not allowed to read watch tv listen to the radio or have pets read girl so basically not allowed to consume any media that's terrible or have pets yeah. what he also had members undergo plastic surgery to see how it looked before he had it done on himself. You're joking. Oh, that's so fucked up. That is so <laughs> fucked up. He's like, hey, will babe, you get this nose job? You said you'd give up everything for me. <laughs> you said it. What about, do you want a new nose? <laughs> me? You? Us. <laughs> Together? Together? Do you want to get one new nose? Think about getting we matching We can switch it back nose. and forth. Oh my god, that'd be so matching cute. Noses. Yeah, donate to our Patreon so we can get, get matching, matching noses. noses. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Andreas hated dogs and children the most. One member became pregnant, and Andreas threatened that if she didn't get an abortion, that she would be exiled from Budafield. Oh my god. So she did. And then she got pregnant again by another member, so she was forced to get another abortion. You're joking me. That's awful. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. And she says she dude. regrets both of them. Like, yeah. she's like, I wasn't willing at all, really, for me. Yeah. Because he literally said, we're going to kick you out if you don't get this abortion. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's your terrible. entire life at that point, you know? Yeah. And exiting something like that when you're so far in, when you're years in, you don't have any, like, you're not in touch with any of reality. You don't know how mm-hmm. the world works. You really have to rebuild your entire life. Literally. When someone was exiled, the rest of the group was reprimanded for talking to them. Rumors spread that horrible fates happened to these people and that if the other current members left, they would face the same. So basically they were like, oh, this person got hit by a car and they died. Yeah. And it's like, because they oh, left because the they left. Yeah. Yeah. This person got AIDS and died. When oh, it's because they left the cult. They could have, like, been living fine lives, too, right? They like, were they living fine easily... lives. Like, <sighs> literally, like, the members were still alive, but in order to fully discommunicate and they had no form of media. Yeah, because they didn't have phones. They yeah. weren't I, They weren't around to, allowed to write letters, right? I don't know. Probably not. If I mean, if I imagine if they couldn't read, read a book, yeah, a book, yeah, or watch TV or listen to the radio. I'm sure they probably weren't just like writing letters like crazy. Yeah, and if they, yeah, then if they did, then they'd know it would be lies. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Or yeah. if they, I'm a little high, but if they had written letters, then they would have gotten letters back, and they would have known, known that they'd been being lied, lied to. to. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming no. In 2005, the group made propaganda films that were sci-fi styled. <laughs> During this time, a division happened in the group when it went from a collective moving forward to a group that praised Andreas as a holy being. Oh, so they started dividing? Yeah. So basically, Andreas couldn't be hired as an actor when he was like taking off. And so he literally made a call to make him movies and to like make him famous and so he, he could have an acting career yeah. yeah and they are that's why they're all pretty too i bet mm-hmm. or talented and yeah. so this movie is literally like star trek meets star wars meets what is it space balls is like, it have you seen it they play parts of it in the documentary oh my god and it's just very funny and andreas is this like holy character in it 
And he's and just... is he he's serious, right? So in 2006, a longtime member wrote an email that laid everything out on the table from the past horrors of the cult. Andreas denied everything, but the damage had already been done. Basically, everybody knew what was going on, but that just put the nail in the coffin. Good. So someone stood up to him finally, and it was mm-hmm. like, you've been doing this and but this and this. it started in, what, 1985, 1986, and it wasn't until 2006 that yeah. somebody was finally like, he's abusing us. Yeah, he's been dumping out the fruit that I've been hand-carving him every single fucking day for the past five years, so and I haven't said rude. anything about it, but it's grading on me. Yeah, okay, it's Michelle? wearing, okay? <laughs> yes. Okay, Andreas. His name's Andreas Oh, sorry. Now. Andreas. Yeah, Andreas. <laughs> and I hate the name Andreas. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of sexy. I'm not going to lie. If I meet an they Andreas... okay names. Yeah. They are good names. Even... What was his first name? Jaime. That was a cute name. That's, I liked Jaime cute. the most, yeah. I do like Michelle, but I think it's because it's funny. <laughs> Elio, we're recording a podcast he here. He loves to hit a doorstop. He loves that shit. Okay. Members began leaving the group. In order to try to save some members, Andrea released a response that is not an apology, but gaslights the rest of the members in a way that nobody believed. So it's inefficient gaslighting? Yeah. While viewing the video, members walked out in disbelief. All right. So So they're seeing through his, like, gaslighting. Finally. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. So he's falling apart. He's crumbling. Even the people that stayed were like, he's not okay yeah like this is he's lying yeah so andreas decided to hold another knowing retreat to try to save the group unlike the previous event this was lackluster and did not fulfill them in the way that the first one did it was too far gone wow he's losing his power Mm -hmm. good they're all waking up the fall from the heavens it took so long but honestly it all started when he moved from la so thank god for someone being outside the cult and being like this is happening and it's fucked up Mm -hmm. literally in order to escape legal action by past members, Andreas fled to Hawaii, where he is still holding a small group of members together as the only remaining people of Buddhafield. The cult still practices today. Now Andreas goes by Raiji, aka it's uh translates to God King. It's and, still happening. Mm-hmm. In 2015, Holy Hell was released, which brought to light the cult. Raiji released a response that said it is heartbreaking to see how history has been rewritten. Holy Hell is not a documentary. Rather, it is a work of fiction designed to create drama, fear, and persecution, knowing that is what sells. It is devastating to see these friends, who were once so filled with love for the world, become so angry. If any of my actions were a catalyst for their disharmony, I am truly sorry. May all beings find peace. That's so fucked up. Oh, that's so gaslighting. And that is Buddha That's field. fucked up. Wow. I'm glad I'm I'm glad that they woke up, honestly. Yeah. It seems like not amicable and obviously they carried a lot of trauma and harm from mm-hmm. being in a cult, but I'm glad that they got out, Me truthfully. Because that and seems like, like a long time fucking powerful cult. Go that first person that was like, hey, this shit is Bad. so fucked up it's going down here's what happened here's all and they were like in the documentary there were girls who were like we just broke out in tears because we couldn't believe all of our brothers had like gone through that yeah that all of these people that we spent all of our time with had like been, been being persecuted yeah. and like being constantly degraded and all of those things you know yeah and that's your community mm-hmm. damn and it's like nobody knew that it was happening to each other yeah they thought it was then. just them and yeah so it's just like it really brought them together in a different way of like we were all just abused by the same abuser yeah 
Damn. Wow. I like, I loved that story. I hate saying that. Wow, that feels so fucked yeah, up. But that's that's, that's a good story. Yeah. Or reality. Piece of nonfiction. I'm a little high. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? Good it was story. Great. It's no, a story either great. way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, uh, three sentence summary. First sentence. Hot man teaches enlightenment. Gets a whole bunch of people together, comma, and then moves, period. They all realize he fucking sucks. The end. Was that four sentences? <laughs> I think that was four sentences, but <laughs> I was trying it. really hard, yeah. I'll take it. Thanks. Thank you. Good one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you do it then, huh? I well, just... you just did a, like, 18-page summary. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Thanks. Um, girl boss, gaslight or gatekeep? I'm feeling girl bossy right now, and I'm hoping that tomorrow I feel girl bossy too, and I hope that I kill this interview. You're going to kill the interview. It's going to be amazing. I hope so. I hope you get the job. We're all manifesting. Me too. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. What time is it at? It's at 4.30. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, thank God. It's not in the morning. actually, I work tomorrow morning, and then I go to rehearsal tomorrow afternoon, and then I get home from rehearsal, and I had to cancel therapy because I have the interview. What uh, what time does rehearsal get out? 3. Oh, good. So you've got, like, a little hour. And that's mm-hmm. good because you can't, like, hyper-fixate it. Yeah. Fixate on it all day. Mm-hmm. And you can study a little bit. You can study the Excel yeah. right before it happens. Yeah. I'm manifesting it for you. Thank you. If it's right, it'll come. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. What are you feeling? Mm, what am i feeling um i feel um gatekeep because i'm gatekeeping myself from Mm. like like doing things that i want to do (laughs) i'm trying (laughs) so what am i (laughs) hi gay (laughs) Uh, um, okay the weed is gatekeeping me from a coherent sentence I feel like I, or I feel gatekept, like, by the beginning of this year. I feel like I mm. was good. I always start off with, like, a lot of goals. I'm like, I'm going to write every day. I'm going to do this every day. But then it's, like, still the same life, and it's really hard to, like, actually make those changes. Mm. So I'm just trying to, like, get into habits that are, like, more positive for me. Yeah, you got to start small. Waking up early. Yeah, but I feel like I'm gatekeeping myself from doing that by like wanting to do it but not like putting in the effort to do it you know it is work yeah because it's, it's not like you can just say you're gonna do something and do it you actually have to put effort towards it yeah, but you i actually just, have to do it yeah and i'm motivated but sometimes i'm not and that's mm-hmm. okay but i'm trying to work through that so that i can it's hard to be motivated that. every day yeah yeah but and especially with mental illness honestly mm-hmm. and i if like i'm meeting my basic needs i just get really comfortable and then i like am not as motivated to do the creative things that i want to do so it's really yeah. like based in that more because yeah. it just it takes a lot of motivation and time to be creative mm-hmm. but it is sacrificing other things in life like yeah. that extra time for comfort or friends or things like that but yeah so gatekeep <laughs> gatekeep overall Whoa, dude radical yeah, yeah gatekeep radical yeah do we do something else at the end of these? That's it. It's been so long that I literally forgot what yeah. we do to end this We're podcast. We're done here. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Well, thank you, guys. What thank a great you. ride. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, sure that was that a great you... fucking story, dude. Thanks. Yeah, I really appreciate pl- it. Yeah. I can I'm imagine like... it very easily. 
Thanks. I love this story. It's like my favorite cult. Yeah. So I'm glad that I did it justice. I can see why. It's interesting. I want to watch the documentary. Yeah, the documentary I highly recommend to everybody. Holy hell. Holy hell. Yeah. Um, you know where to find us on the internet. We are at Instagram at Killer Kush Podcast. And on Twitter at Killer Kush Pod. And Patreon. You can find that in our link tree on either of our social medias. Mm-hmm. And you can um, also submit a sound of the week or a listener story if you'd like for the rotation. Please do. Please. We love we love reading those stories. They are really fun yeah. to read. And we have really short attention spans, so they're perfect to like comment on when yeah, you do a little, little submission. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, so if you like to hear us talk. If you don't like stuff, <laughs> don't don't, don't do it. Yeah, don't listen. <laughs> Fuck you then. <laughs> we don't like it either. Okay. <laughs> okay. Editing is hard. Uh, it's really hard. Um, um. But yeah, now you can rate us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So make sure you give us a good rating if you like us. Yeah. And we yeah. We love um, you. We love you. We hope you have a great little week and I'm a glad great that we're day. back in your life. Yeah. So sorry. I'm glad you're back in ours. We just needed some time for ourselves, okay? Like maybe we left abruptly, but No, we Katie had COVID. That's why time. we didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hi, gay. <laughs>